a patron of Entertainment Landfill. Go to patreon.com slash landfill for details. Entertainment Landfill is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. Now with some news that you can't use, with some news that will make you snooze, it's time for you to lose that which cannot be found. It's time for the one and only positively most giddy person you will ever meet. He is the epitome of hilarity. He is the festivist for the rest of us, ladies and gentlemen, silent and Klingons alike. May I introduce to you, the Jaystrom. Presents Landfill News with your host, the Jaystrom. Now, here's your host, the Jaystrom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. This is Entertainment Landfill News, and I am your host, the Jaystrom. Welcome to the land of technical difficulties. Yes, that's right. For some reason, on my computer, if I use Audacity in any way, if I have the audacity to use the program Audacity, my mic won't work the next time I use it. I have to go into the settings and wave the cursor around the mic, and it will start working again. It is the weirdest bug. I don't understand it. But yes, I did use Audacity the other day. I had the Audacity to do that. So when I just now tried to go live, there was nothing on my mic. It wasn't working. And I was like, oh, my God, what is it? What is it? Is it connected? Yes, it is connected. Okay. Oh, wait, I know what this is. And I realized it was Audacity. So thank you guys so much. The craziest stuff happened today. This morning, my wife gives me this piece of paper that says that our beagle, named Baby, has an appointment at Petco, where she will have her day of grooming and beauty. You know, she gets it all done. She gets the uh, the the nails done. She gets, you know, washed. She even gets little, like, lotion on her pads that uh, helps with her pads and everything and she smells good for about five minutes until you let her outside then she comes in and she smells like dog sweat but it's all worth it but she told me that the appointment was today at one o'clock so i was like wait that's what the time i do tell news what am i supposed to do she was like can't you delay it and go later and i was like i guess i could or you know what you know what? i'll just i'll do the show tomorrow that's what i'll do so I don't prepare for the show at all, and I'm planning to take my dog at 1 o'clock. So I'll leave around 12, you know, 35, 12.40, something like that. So it's around 12.30, and I hear from my wife, and she says, I talked with the dog place. The lady wrote down the appointment wrong. It's actually tomorrow at 1 o'clock. So I'm like, tomorrow? That's what time I plan to do the show tomorrow. So what do I do now? 
I know I will do the show anyway with uh, a few minutes left until showtime. So I decided to delay it a little bit. And uh, actually, I found some news stories really quickly because I already read news stories. I was like, what was that one thing I was reading about? Oh, yeah, there we go. The quickest thing to do is to go into my history and look at the news stories that I looked at already and go, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. So I have a bunch of news stories for you guys. I'm all ready to go. Uh, It's going to be awesome. I, I think I'm overselling it. But anyway, I hope you're listening live. Like uh, Brandon, there you are, buddy, and John. Thank you guys so much for listening live. I love having a live audience. It makes it all worth it. I'm excited! Let's get into the news here in a minute. I did not see any films this past weekend. Still haven't seen the Independence Day film. I didn't get to see the other one. What was the other one that came out uh, this week? Uh, the, The Big Friendly Giant. Didn't get to see that either. Just, you know, having days where just chilling at home you know it was fourth of july you don't go to movies on fourth of july right do you guys go to see fireworks i am so over fireworks yes they're amazing but when you're in texas in 100 degree weather at night and it's humid even then i'm just like guys it is neat but man it's not worth this discomfort i want to go home i want to stand in uh air conditioning but i did watch a movie on netflix if I could just remember what it was called. What is it called? The, um, oh, shoot. What is it called? I saw a movie on Netflix. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, it is called, no, it's not called that, Jason. The Fundamentals of Caring. That's what it is. It's a film by Rob Burnett, a guy who used to be the head producer at Late Night with David Letterman. He then went on to create the great TV show, Ed. He, uh, it's a movie starring Paul Rudd. It's got, um, Selena Gomez in it. It's a great film. I don't even need to tell you about it. Just go watch it on Netflix. It's it's very, it's brings the heart. It also is very funny. Uh, so check it out. Now I want to start with some news right off the bat. Uh, remember last week I had that story about how, James Cameron is throwing shade at Star Wars. Can you guys believe that? So, um, yeah, I'm kidding, of course. It was a ridiculous story. And guess what? It's already faded from our consciousness. Nobody's even talking about it anymore. uh, Because everyone knew that, oh, I clicked on the story and read it. It's stupid. So now here's another story. Horror master John Carpenter shades Walking Dead for stealing from Romero. Dude, I love that they use shade in the headline. That's my new go-to. If I see that headline, I'm I'm going to tell you about it on the show. <laughs> Anything with shade. Now, here's the deal. John Carpenter, great director. I you know, one thing that uh people do like if they're they're fanboys of The Walking Dead, they're going to throw shade back at Carpenter going Oh, yeah, but what did you direct lately? I want to just say this right away. That argument is so stupid because just because someone hasn't directed a great film recently, it doesn't erase the fact that they've done great movies in the past. It's so stupid. How many of John Carpenter's films are totally rewatchable even today? We've watched Halloween how many times? I've watched it. I don't know. I'm going to say a couple of dozen times in my life. Love it. Um, 
Escape from New York a couple of dozen times. Uh, they live, you know, three dozen times. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. The guy who directed those films, you can't say, oh, dude, screw your opinion. What have you done lately? It does not work, okay? It doesn't matter what they've done lately. They did it in their lifetime. How much have we done? We haven't even done one good film, let alone dozen, a dozen, two dozen, whatever. John Carpenter, sure, it's a mixed bag if you look through his entire filmography, but he's done a lot of great films. I'm not, I haven't even mentioned The Thing remake, for Christ's sakes. So, anyway... John Carpenter, lifelong smoker, if you look at him, the guy's, you know, he's puffing on cigs like there's no tomorrow, and uh, it's aged him considerably. Uh, you know, that's his uh, prerogative if he wants to smoke or whatever. Um, but I just picture him puffing on cigarettes as he's, be he's saying this. So, writer Robert Kirkman began The Walking Dead because of a curiosity about life in the zombie apocalypse after most movies roll credits. But horror icon John Carpenter isn't impressed with the creator cribbing from George Romero. The Thing and Halloween director believes The Walking Dead has been milking its zombie forefathers and isn't worth our time. Speaking with Mark Maron on his WTF podcast, I wonder what that means, what, what that stands for, Carpenter laid out in no uncertain terms his disdain for AMC's flagship hit and his connection to the 1968 film that began the zombie genre. The Walking Dead was a movie that George Romero made in 1968, and they have milked that, and they are still milking it. End of quote, Okay. That said, Romero is exactly right about The Walking Dead milking an idea. Wait, that said, Romero is... Don't they mean Carpenter is exactly right? Wow, great story, guys. Carpenter is exactly right about The Walking Dead milking an idea that gained popularity with Romero decades earlier, but unappreciative of Kirkman's interest in exploring the genre. After all, the vast majority of zombie fiction has trafficked similar storytelling, from initial outbreak to temporary resolution without plumbing the depths of the world struggling to rebuild itself thereafter. The Walking Dead itself isn't without mis missteps, but does Carpenter have a point about Kirkman borrowing too much from the end? Well, okay, shut up. At this point, shut up, just stop. I'm going to just say this. The Walking Dead would not exist absolutely without Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead. They capture our imagination. For some reason, we're fascinated with zombies. I know I was a kid. I was terrified of that black and white film, but I couldn't take my eyes off of it. There's something about z zombies outside and you're trapped inside, not knowing quite what to do, trying to survive, trying to ignore the terror that's outside the slow lumbering zombies that, uh, you know, sparks our imagination. Obviously that sparked, uh, Robert Kirkman's imagination too. And he created a mediocre TV show. So what do you do? And, oh, my God, here is the first uh, comment in the you know, comment sections. you got to go straight down there and see what the people are saying about this story. Says the man who hasn't directed a decent film since 1994. Oh, Bob Honey Badger, you totally got him there, man. Totally owned John Carpenter with that statement. This other guy says, considering the appeal of the show, its strong characters, interactions, and drama... It's not the zombies. 
which everyone copies for decades. No, he doesn't have much of a point. Okay, that's well said. Considering how often Kirkman loves to take photos... Oh, wait. <laughs> photos? I think they mean pot shots. Uh, considering how often Kirkman loves to take pot shots at how the big two are always just retreading stories and characters from decades ago, I think it's only fair to hold him to his own standard. Yes, The Walking Dead is just a long-form version of a Romero movie. That doesn't make it bad, but certainly not as groundbreaking as every forward Kirkman writes or interview he gives would have you believe. Okay, whatever. Uh, there's nothing original about either one. I mean... Okay, the George Romero movies, I love them, but the acting is terrible in all of them. <laughs> but whatever, it's funny. I just, I had to click on the story because John Carpenter threw some shade. Um, like always, let's see what other headlines said. Horror legend John Carpenter is thoroughly unimpressed with The Walking Dead. That's not bad. John Carpenter was flat out wrong to suggest The Walking Dead as a ripoff. Whoa, this from Uproxx. In fact, director John Carpenter, whose influence can be seen in films of Christopher Nolan and Jeff Nichols, among many others, was influenced by, among others, the films of Howard Hawke, John Ford, Dario Argento, and others. Oh, shut up. John Carpenter, oh, this is the rap, Yes! John Carpenter throws shade at The Walking Dead. There you go. I'm so glad they used that headline. Bloody Disgusting says, John Carpenter on The Walking Dead in the current state of horror. Well, there you go. It's not too clickbaity there. You're just like, oh, what does he have to say about The Walking Dead? Then you click on it. But John Carpenter rips The Walking Dead apart. Clever. John Carpenter rips... John Carpenter pans AMC's zombie series, The Walking Dead, says he didn't like it. Uh, when did he say that? I got to listen to that Mark Marin interview, by the way. John Carpenter says The Walking Dead is milking George Romero. John Carpenter slams The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead horror icon John Carpenter subtly, subtly slams zombie series. John Carpenter rips The Walking Dead again. John Carpenter has a bone to pick with The Walking Dead. John Carpenter just trashed The Walking Dead. Okay, slams. There we go. Calls it a ripoff. He doesn't. He just says milking. He just says milking, guys. But people interpret their own thing. How great is that? That's a new thing I'm going to do every week. Find the latest throwing shade story. Okay, here's an exciting story. I was really excited to see this yesterday because I've been wanting to play this game. But my Xbox 360 is now in my daughter's room, and I can't play games on it anymore. I don't want to try to you know, sit on the floor in her room and play video games. Red Dead Redemption will finally be backward compatible with the Xbox One. Yes! Red Dead Redemption is the next game to join the Xbox One backward compatibility library. Publisher... Rockstar Games announced owners of the Western-based action title on the 360 will be able to play it on their Xbox Ones this Friday, July 8th. Starting on Friday, Friday, every Red Dead Redemption Xbox 360 owner will be able to play the game directly on their Xbox One, regardless of which version of the game they own. Red Dead Redemption, Undead Nightmare, and Red Dead Redemption Game of the Year Edition, the studio said. Those who don't currently own any version of the game on disc will be able to purchase a digital download of Red Dead Redemption from Xbox Game Store this Friday. Fans have clamored for the title since Backward Compality was first announced June 2015. 
A glitch briefly made the 360 game playable on the Microsoft's newer hardware earlier this year. Microsoft later apologized for the episode, explaining that the brief window of playability was an emulation test. So, if you have not ever played Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption, the guys who did Grand Theft Auto did a Western game. It's an amazing game. It still holds up. It was 360. You know, a lot of people are like, wow, this is on the 360. Guys, it wasn't that dated. Of, I mean, yes, the system was around a long time, but it was a high-def system. It looks great on your high-definition high definition TVs, and I can't wait to play this on my Xbox One, and I'm going to totally stream it, too. But get this. This story came out today. That was yesterday's news. Here's today's news. Red Dead Redemption Xbox 360 sales up 6,000%. Sales of Red Dead Redemption have jumped over 6,000% following confirmation it will be playable on the Xbox One. According to Amazon UK, sales of both the original 2010 game and the Game of the Year edition have been boosted by yesterday's confirmation of it being playable on the Xbox One. Backwards compatibility rumors for Red Dead have been leaked earlier this year, and they claim it was an error. Yeah, I already said that. Stating the game had been excellent. Okay, I read that. In our, in our Red Dead Redemption review, we said Red Dead Redemption is a must-play game. Rockstar has taken the Western to new heights and created one of the deepest, most fun, most gorgeous games around. You can expect the occasional bug or visual hiccup, but you can also expect a fantastic game that offers the Western experience we've all been waiting for. Red Dead Redemption is a complete game in every sense. Both single-player and multiplayer modes are excellent and still manage to offer attention to detail you rarely see in a game of this scope. That was from IGN. I will say this. I have finished Red Dead Redemption. I played it all the way to the end. And I played Undead Nightmare, which is the uh, zombie uh, DLC, which is amazing. Speaking of zombies, it's awesome, too. The reason it's so awesome is in Red Dead Redemption, there's an entire cast of characters all over the map that you meet. All of them memorable, and they turn up again in Undead Nightmare. And it's so funny to see these characters again in a situation with zombies. It was... I... Oh man, it's Red Dead Redemption is an incredible game, uh, and I can't wait to play it again. Okay, Captain American, uh, uh, <laughs> Captain American, yeah, that's it, Jason. Captain America directors, the Russo brothers, are adapting the Warriors into a TV series. You guys who the, know who the Warriors are, Warriors, come out to play. Okay, yeah, you got it. Uh, <laughs> the Warriors, the cult classic film about street gangs roving across New York City in the late 70s, is being adapted into a television series for Hulu, reports Deadline. The project is headlined by Anthony and Joe Russo, better known as the Russo Brothers, who are currently in the midst of a five-year stretch directing films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Russo Brothers helmed the last two Captain America movies and are slated to direct the next two Avengers films. Their adaptation of The Warriors will take them back to the world of television, which brought them to prominence in the early 2000s. The Russo brothers each directed numerous episodes of Arrested Development and Community, and the duo won an Emmy for Arrested Development's pilot. The Warriors, directed by Walter Hill, premiered in February 1979. In the film, the titular street gang is framed for the murder of a powerful gang's leader. After the aggrieved crew 
puts out a hit on the Warriors. They must make it from Van Cortland Park in the Bronx back to their home in Coney Island. With 20 other gangs hot on their trail, the movie was based on Sol Urich's 1965 novel of the same name, which itself was inspired by ancient Greek classic Anabasis by Xenophon. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not doing this justice. But anyway, if you guys have never seen The Warriors by Walter Hill, it's an awesome film. Trust me. It's awesome. It's got Michael Beck in it. It's got, um, don't blank on his name, Jason. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. It's got, um, oh, shit. I see his, I see his face. Oh, my God. He's such a great actor. Why am I blanking on it? Why am I doing this? <laughs> uh, I'm going to remember as soon as I look it up before I even look. Um, maybe not. James Ramar is in it. He plays Ajax. He's awesome. You guys, check out this film. Oh, David Patrick Kelly, you know, from The Crow and other films. He's the guy who says, Warriors. You guys love it. Watch The Warriors. I want to watch it again. Deadline reports that the Hulu Warrior series will be an hour-long drama produced by Paramount Television and writes that the Russo Brothers adaptation will honor the original film while adding its own unique brand of grit, pulp, sex, and violence. It's a strange coincidence, but today also happens to be the day that Rockstar Games released a version of The Warriors, the company's 2005 brawler based on the movie that is playable on the PlayStation 4. It's an old PS2 game, now on the PS4. So the PS4 is getting The Warriors from the PS2, and the Xbox One is getting Red Dead Redemption. I'll let you figure out who... Um, is getting the better deal out of that. But anyway, a Warriors TV series could be cool. The film proved controversial in its day. Paramount Pictures pulled print ads for a short period following the Warriors' release amid what New York Times called a sporadic, sporadic acts of violence and vandalism in theaters showing the film. It included three deaths of teenagers, two stabbings and one shooting in Boston and Southern California. Wow, the film was inciting people to go insane. They were acting out. Yep, that's probably not good. Nope, nope, nope. All right, here's the next story. Watch Batman confront the Joker in this clip from The Killing Joke. Now, you guys remember, Batman The Killing Joke is the next film to come out of Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, It's based on the prestige format graphic novel by Alan Moore and Brian Bolin. In the scene, which starts four minutes into the video, Batman, voiced by Kevin Conroy, can be seen confronting the Joker. Now, let me see this real quick. Listen to me. He's been in custody for two years. If we can prove what we found today... He'll confess. He's insane. It's a mistake to think you know what he'll do. I'm not here because of what was found today. here because I need to be. Hello. I want to talk. I've been thinking lately about you. You and me. About how this is going to end. About who will end up killing who. Perhaps you'll kill me. 
Perhaps I'll kill you. Perhaps sooner, perhaps later. You know that, don't you? I just... I need to know, for when that time comes, that I've made a genuine attempt to talk things over, to try and avert the inevitable, just once. Listen to me. This is life and death, mine or yours. Our relationship, it's fatal. But I don't want your murder on my... Wait a second. The paint comes off on his hand. That's not the Joker. It's an imposter. The R-rated film will make its debut at San Diego Comic-Con on July 23rd. It will then be released digitally on the 26th and on Blu-ray on August 2nd. I will definitely watch it. Like I said before, the animation cannot do the artist's art (laughs) justice. I mean, sure, it's animation or whatever, and they can't put all the detailed lines and stuff, but still, there's just something about it. It's like, I don't even think it looks as good as Batman the Animated Series. I just wish they would... They weren't so conflicted in their decision to copy the comic when they should have just gone with their Batman the Animated Series look, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's controversial opinion. I don't know. But anyway, check it out. Now, some video game news. Nintendo files new patent for a handheld device. The patent, which was filed by the United States Patent and Trademark Office, is for a handheld information processing apparatus that has a single screen and has some sort of touch interface. The unit also has built-in speakers that emit sound from the ends of the device, as well as a vibration system to provide a higher sense of immersion. It looks like a smartphone when you look at the picture. Several other images are contained in the patent, including one showcasing a game screen that features a button overlay, as well as one image for a weapon selection and another for text input. Another design included in the patent showcase, a handheld unit that has Nintendo's traditional ABXY button layout, as well as a circle pad and a D-pad. Nintendo is planning to release its next console, codenamed the NX, in March of 2017. While the company has yet to detail what form the, the device will take, Tatsumi Kimishima has said that it will offer a new way of playing games and it won't be a pure replacement for the Wii U. While some have speculated Nintendo is working on a brand new handheld, prior rumors suggest NX would be a console handheld hybrid device that may use cartridges instead of discs. So basically, nobody knows shit. (laughs) You know, that's where it's like, uh, come on, Nintendo, let us know what's going on. We'll eventually find out. All I know is this, I haven't been, I haven't cared about Nintendo in so long, but seeing the new Zelda game... It has me wanting to play it. I want to play Breath of the Wild. Or Breath of the Wind, as I keep saying, calling it on accident. What do you guys think? Now, uh, here's another story. Netflix inks a deal with CW. The deal confirms full season streaming eight days after the finale. So... The CD, the, the CW deal with Hulu that enabled next day streaming off most recent five episodes may have lapsed, but Netflix subscribers are officially in for some good news. The CW has confirmed a new streaming deal that will bring full seasons of the CW shows a mere eight days after their finales air on the network. 
Tuesday saw the CW and Netflix renewing their licensing deal, which now includes an eight-day wait for full seasons to be added on the streaming service. That includes the new series Frequency, No Tomorrow, and Riverdale based on the Archies. Oh, I can't wait for that. As well as Supergirl. As well as existing shows, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Flash, Jane the Virgin, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, The Vampire Diaries, The 100, iZombie, and The Originals, and Rain. <sighs> Netflix of, says of the news, Netflix members in the U.S. love the great lineup of series from the CW, and we are thrilled to extend the relationship and bring those shows to our members exclusively now, just eight days after their season finales. This is a great step forward with a valued network partner to give fans exactly what they want, when and how they want it. While the CW gave credit for the initial Netflix deal boosting profiles for a number of its series... Since the initial landmark deal in 2011, the CW's programming has enjoyed tremendous success and increased exposure through Netflix. And our new agreement not only continues, but enhances this valuable relationship. I think it's the same guy who works at Netflix saying this. The CW has positioned itself for the future by transforming into a true hybrid network, rooted in broadcast while fully embracing the digital and streaming habits of the viewers. Aha! So what are they going to do now? Like, okay, the show has horrible ratings, but everybody's watching it on the Netflix! But Netflix won't tell you that. So whatever, that's neat. Like, all I know is this. Arrow, I start every season deciding, okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch Arrow. And then I never finish the season. I I haven't seen the season finale of any of the Arrow seasons. <laughs> I always lose interest. But The Flash, on the other hand, I love The Flash. Come on, buddy. All right. Next story. After I take a drink, Slimer gets a girlfriend in the new Ghostbusters TV spot, guys. Woohoo! That's right. We're just over a week away from the Ghostbusters reboot. And the big screen debut and two new TV spots have arrived, revealing even more surprising from the Paul Fig film. One promo includes a new addition to the film's Supernatural cast. That's right, guys. We joked about it. Why isn't Slimer a girl since all the Ghostbusters are girls? There's a female Slimer done up just like a cast member from Hairspray. Slimer's new friend can be seen at the end of the spot cackling with him in a car. The other slightly longer TV spot includes more scenes of the four Ghostbusters in action. Or more accurately, preparing for... Preparing to jump in it. Oh, shut up. I don't care. Uh, and the the trailer's been taken down. <laughs> Let's see what the comments say. Let's see if anybody's sexist for entertainment. Okay. July's 22nd can't come soon enough so we can move on from this train wreck, says one person. This other person says, why? Slimer is a ghost and more importantly, an amorphous blob. How is there any indication that Slimer is male or female, let alone want or need a female partner? Why would a ghost want a partner at all? This movie, the movie makers almost seem to be trying to make films as cringy as possible. Okay. Slimer has been the ghost of John Belushi since his inception in the original film. What? Someone said, possibly, but that's never stated in the film. At best, it's an inside joke with the original actors. Assuming that is true, why on earth would a ghost want or need a girlfriend? 
Ghosts in this universe are restless spirits composed of ectoplasm and energy. Okay. Someone says, given that Slimer looks more like Chevy Chase in this movie and the female ghost is a blonde and they are in a car, it's pretty clear they're going on a National Lampoon's vacation joke. This other person says, I'm saying you're wrong, but if you're right, that's pretty long, thin stretch. And another person says, no self-respecting ghost of any sort would want to date Slimer. Oh, you, you hit the nail on the head there, buddy. Oh, shut up. Good Lord, guys. Come on. What are we doing? What happened to society, guys? No, I'm kidding. Okay, Corey Feldman says, Goonie 2. Goonies. <laughs> Let me start that over. Corey Feldman says, Goonies 2 may never happen. Good God. Say it isn't true. Say, take it back. Take it back. I know I need my Goonies. <laughs> Damn you to hell. Okay, anyway. Fans of the original Goonies have wondered for years what a sequel to the boisterous cult classic would look like. Now word has come down from one of the original film stars that we might be left wondering. The whole hubbub about a potential Goonies 2 began back in 2014 when Goonies director Richard Donner announced the sequel was in the works. However, according to Corey Feldman, who played Mouth in the 1985 film, age might have robbed the director of his second chance at the property. Here's what Corey Feldman said. Richard Donner is 87 years old, and it's like, no one really wants to make it without him, Feldman told MovieWeb. He's the driving force behind it. He says it's still alive, but as we all know, when you get to that age, things slow down quite a bit. Wow, screw you, Feldman. That's what uh, you know the director's saying. There is a big response possibility that he might not want to keep driving it. So I think without him, it doesn't happen. And every day that passes that he doesn't do it, there is less and less chance that it is ever going to happen at all. Feldman also cited public response to the upcoming Ghostbusters reboot, which features an all-female cast and has been met with ever-increasing vitriol, vitriol by internet denizens familiar with the series. It seems that in light of the Ghostbusters response, some creators or 80s child actors are thinking twice about updating classic franchises if it means a change to the original formula. Oh, I can breathe now. Did you guys like that Feldman uh, impression? Come on. That was pretty good, guys. You got to admit it. I want accolades here, man. That was good stuff. All right. Next story. Hello. Hey, y'all. Nickelodeon is reviving Double Dare for the 30th anniversary at Comic-Con. Did you guys watch this? I watched the show when I was a kid, so it's really old. Mark Summers, the guy from the Unwrapped show on Food Network, <laughs> he used to host a game show for kids, and you'd get slimed and stuff. <laughs> it was so much fun. Nickelodeon is accepting the ultimate dare, bringing, bringing one of its most beloved game shows back to celebrate its Dirty 30. What? A live edition of Double Dare, whose host, Mark Summers, has crippling OCD, will also return for the festivities. It'll be held on Friday, July 22nd at 9.30 p.m. Pacific Time as part of the San Diego Comic-Con. Several of the Nickelodeon series classic challenges, including the iconic Dare Nose, 
will be incorporated into the competition, which fans can watch live on the Splats Facebook page. In addition to the live event at Comic-Con, Teen Nick is also airing episodes of Double Dare, Family Double Dare, and Double Dare 2000 for one week, beginning Monday, July 25th. The programming block, appropriately titled Double Dare Week, will also be hosted by Summers. Nickelodeon's longest-running game show franchise of all time, Double Dare, in all of its many forms, aired from 1986 to 1993 before being revived in 2000 briefly. Oh, that is awesome. And I thought we should check out the original Double Dare theme. Let's check it out. This is how every episode began back in the day. On your mark. Get set. Go! These two teams have flipped their lids trying to catch soap sponges inside their top hats. The first team to get two sponges inside the hat will win $20 and control of the craziest game show on TV, Double Dare. And now, here's your Double Dare host, Mark Summers. Yeah, thank you, Harvey. Oh, nice audience. Thank you. Welcome to Double Dare. It's the only show that dares you to win eight great prizes with a run through our crazy obstacle course. But only one team gets that chance, so let's meet the four players who are about to compete. First of all, the Cougars, Maynard and Natalie. Nice round I remember when I was a kid, my sister Vanessa and I would watch this, and we totally wanted to be on this show so bad. We could do this. We could do this better than them. Because the kids were always inept on the show, and they'd be like, oh, God, we could totally do this. Oh, good times. Okay, here's some new news. A new Rogue One trailer to debut next week. Following the Force Awakens special, oh my god, a new trailer for the Star Wars anthology film Rogue One, a Star Wars celebration, will premiere following an hour-long special about the making of the Force Awakens. According to the description of the special, which was posted on Making Star Wars, the trailer will be about three minutes in length. The trailer marks the beginning of Lucasfilm's annual Star Wars celebration, which will take place in London, England this year, between July 15th and 17th. More details about Rogue One are expected to be announced during the convention. Rogue One follows Jin Erso, a female soldier and a former criminal who's recruited by the rebel forces to break into the Empire's camp and steal the plans to the Death Star. The film stars Felicity Jones, Ben Mendelsohn, Alan Tudyk, Forrest Whitaker, Mads Mikkelsen. It's being directed by Gareth Edwards, best known for his work on the t- 2014 film Godzilla. The Force Awakens special will air July 15th at 8 p.m. on ABC. Sorry, I don't know what's happening. Rogue One will be released in theaters December 16th. So, guys, next week, I'm so hoping that Bill and I can do a trailer react to the new Rogue One. He better be there to do it. Guys, can I just tell you, I was listening uh, today on Facebook. They do this thing where they're like, uh, hey, this... On this day in 2010, you released this show of Nowhere in Mulberry. And I played it before this show, the intro to episode 206, Buttercup, of Nowhere in Mulberry with Bill and Steven. Steven shows up later on. He's late to the show. But just listening to talking to my friends and us having a good time, the old Nowhere in Mulberry, I miss it so much, guys. I really do. I miss the intros. I miss the drops. I miss all that. I so bad want to be able to do that kind of show again. Hopefully one day. I know right now is not a good time to do it or whatever. But 
trust me, it's going to come back. I'm itching to do it the old way, and hopefully it will. And hopefully in the meantime, you guys are enjoying this version of the show. I hope you are. Um, just one more story, guys, and then I'm done. Pokemon Go goes live on iTunes and Google Play Source. That's right, guys, you Poke fans. Niantic Labs mobile Pokemon catching app Pokemon Go is now live on Android and iOS platforms in certain regions. While it may not be available worldwide yet, nor compatible with every device, some Pokemaniacs are playing the game right now. Pokemon Go is live on the Google Play Store, though many users are noting that the game is incompatible with their Android device, including the still-in-beta Android 7.0 Nougat. Okay. Pokemon Go is available from the from the Australia and New Zealand version of the iTunes App Store. It's not currently available in North America on iOS. Whoa! Developer Niantic said the free-to-play mobile app, which lets players track down and capture Pokemon by visiting real-world locations, will be released widely in July. What if it takes you to a really bad side of town, but you got to get that Pokemon? you got to catch them all. People are going to get killed over this game. <laughs> As will the Pokemon Go Plus hardware accessory, Niantic and the Pokemon Company ran a field test in beta for Pokemon Go earlier this year. For more on Pokemon Go, read Polygon's thoughts on spending a week with the mobile take on Pokemon. Guys, if you love Pokemon as much as I do, then you will have no interest in this because I've never played any Pokemon games. So, I hope you dig it. <laughs> Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. I have one more story I actually want to read before we go. But first, I want to thank John D. Waltz and Brandon for listening to the show live. I love this. And also, you guys know that I love feedback. If you guys want to send me a voicemail or an email, nice email to cheer me on, to keep me going, send it to nimpodcast at gmail.com or, you know, send something saying I hate your show. It'll crush me, but go ahead and do it if you must, if you're cruel and heartless. But guys, here's my final story. Stanley Kubrick's daughter has some choice words for moon landing truthers. That's right, guys. Between Room 237, which is a documentary about The Shining's hidden messages. If you guys have not seen this on Netflix, it's ridiculous. I don't know if it's still on there, but oh my God. The people read way too much into The Shining. Another thing called Moonwalkers and the Flat Earth Society and other conspiracy theorists and humankind's general eagerness to believe anything that sounds strange enough to be true. The idea that Stanley Kubrick helped fake the moon landings persists and the director's daughter is sick of it. Ergo, Vivian Kubrick's tweet earlier today shared after several gleeful reactions to NASA's Juno mission to Jupiter, simply because it was the right time to do so. Okay? Here's what she says. R.E. faked moon landings. Surely, as an artist, such as my father, whose profound degree of artistic integrity is self-evident, whose political social consciousness is manifestly present in nearly every film he has made, whose highly controversial subject matter literally put his life at risk, and yet he continued to make the films he made. Don't you think he'd be the very last person ever to assist the U.S. government in such a terrible betrayal of its people? 
There are many very real conspiracies that have happened throughout our history and are happening presently. I'm only too aware of the dreadful manipulation perpetrated by governments, secret services, banksters, the military-industrial complex, etc. But claims that the moon landings were faked and filmed by my father? I just can't understand it. How can anyone believe that one of the greatest defenders of mankind would commit such an act of betrayal? My father's artistic works are his unimpeachable defense. Finally, my love for my father notwithstanding, I actually knew him. I lived and worked with him. So, forgive my harshness when I state categorically the so-called truth these malicious cranks persist in forwarding that my father conspired with the U.S. government to fake the moon landing is manifestly a grotesque lie. Wow. Tell us how you really feel, Vivian Kubrick. So she's sick of these assholes. She raises some valid points, the story says. But will it be enough to convince moon truthers that Buzz Aldrin wasn't waving that American flag on a top-secret soundstage? After all, she could easily be part of the conspiracy. Just saying. That's from Bleeding Cool. Oh, my God. So, guys, I leave you with that story. Thank you so much for listening to ETL News. I was happy to be here to deliver it. And I can't wait to see you next time. So what are you guys waiting for? Get out there. Uh, we'll see. Watch a show. You know, you know, binge something. Go to the movies. Get some popcorn. Something. Sit down. Play a nice video game. Do something creative. Draw a picture. Doodle. And I'll see you next time. Wee! There is no sanctuary, the is no sanctuary, there 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 is no sanctuary. End of line. What the hell am I talking about? Now this is podcasting.